So I'm here with some different guests from the Sports Acupuncture Alliance. Uh, the thing started yesterday. We had some amazing classes. And, you know, not just amazing classes, but, you know, when acupuncturists get together and they talk with each other, we learn so much. And, I, you know, this is, I think, maybe one of the benefits of a live face-to-face thing rather than uh, the online stuff, as good as that can be. So I'm sitting here with Laura. Who- These geological conversations come to you through the generous support of our sponsors and members. All the sponsors here provide helpful products or services that you'll find beneficial in your clinical work. Need to fill up the appointments created by late cancellations? Jane can help with that problem. Mayway Herbs is celebrating the 55th year of their family business. You're invited to make use of their vast library of resources. Concerned about the health of Mother Earth? AccuFast Needles is doing something about that. You can too. And later in the show, listen for a special offer from Andrew Sturman on Diet as Medicine and the folks at Blue Poppy share some thoughts on the safety of herbal medicine. Do be sure to visit the sponsors page on the Geological website to take advantage of all the special offers our terrific sponsors have for listeners of the podcast. Hi folks, I'm Yvonne Lau, president of Mayway Herbs. Our family business turns 55 this year and we wouldn't have gotten this far without the love and support of our community. We're truly grateful and promise you that we'll continue to work hard to support you and your practice. Please visit mayway.com to find the perfect plum flower brand formula or formulate your own in our dispensary. Our site also has lots of articles, videos, and herbal recipes for you to explore whenever you need a break. And tune into our podcast, Chinese Medicine Matters, for insightful discussions on all things TCM. Learn about treatment strategies and powerful herbal remedies, and enjoy bits of Chinese culture. This month, we're focusing on the treatment of various skin concerns like itchy skin and stubborn acne. And if you're a practitioner, get a discount on our skin health formulas this month too. Just visit meiwei.com. This season and every season, trust Meiwei for your health and wellness needs. And as always, thanks for supporting Real Chinese Medicine. Change is never easy. This is evidenced by the fact that the scales weighing the number of people on the green side of change versus the number of people on the old, hard-on-the-planet ways of doing things are still way out of balance. Our planet is suffering, but our profession has an easier way to shift the scales. The founders of AccuFast Earth-Friendly Needles started with a great needle and then created our industry's first eco-friendly packaging and reusable accessories. They also give back to nature by planting trees. I encourage you to challenge yourself to make the change. Ride the wave of spring yang chi and make the switch by joining me and the multitude of colleagues who made the change. Now you can celebrate Earth Month in April with pride knowing that you are helping us to tip the scales of planetary health towards a greener, healthier, and healing planet. Visit www.acufastneedles.com to get on board. You've probably already heard me here on the podcast share about Jane, my favorite all-in-one practice management software that helps you to run your practice online and manage no-shows. The team at Jane understands that life happens, and sometimes that means your patients are unable to make their scheduled appointment. If that's the case, a quick and easy way to fill those unexpected gaps in your day is by utilizing Jane's time-saving waitlist management features. 
you can take advantage of automated SMS text or email notifications to notify eligible waitlisted patients that there's an opening so they can easily scoop up in available time. If you know you're ready to sign up, you can mention the show or use the code CHEOLOGICAL for a one-month grace period on your new Jane account. Visit jane.app to get started today. Who is from the Bay Area. And uh, Laura, I'm, I'm curious to know what popped up for you yesterday. What sort of things gelled or uh, really came to your attention with uh, the material from yesterday? Yesterday was very exciting for me, and I've been looking forward to this weekend a lot uh, because the teachers yesterday, uh, Amy Mall and Anthony Vondermule, were teaching topics that I feel like I'm going to be able to plug into uh, using for helping motor vehicle accident patients, you know, patients who have been in accidents and their doctors say, okay, now you're fine. You shouldn't have any pain mm. anymore. Your, your imaging is all clear. Yeah. And yet they are in pain and they're not just in a little pain, but they're in so much pain that they can't work. Right. And, and we see this all the time, don't we? All the time. Yeah. They get a diagnosis and they get imaging and they go, you're fine. Exactly. But what, what Amy offers is Amy Mall it specializes in post-concussion treatment and also a- any type of traumatic brain injury, chronic mm-hmm. traumatic encephalopathy. And so she really showed us all the different manifestations of head injuries that don't seem like obvious symptoms of you know, post-concussion syndrome and how, how to help the patients in those situations. And, and Anthony was showing us a technique um, that he's calling proloacupuncture after prolotherapy where you can help stabilize joints that have gotten hypotonic and just too loose. And so you, it actually tightens up ligaments, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, you can needle right into the ligaments. You can, you know, you, you can test the joint before, do the treatment. You don't even retain the needles. I mean, it, there there is a long-term effect, but there's an instantaneous effect mm-hmm. in many cases. And then afterwards, test it again, and you can see right away improvement in the stability of the joint. So that's very exciting f- for a lot of these cases that you're you're not going to see ligament imaging on imaging the laxity and patients are getting tightness around the muscles or activated trigger points because those muscles try to tighten up to stabilize mm-hmm. and so people are stretching and stretching and trying to loosen up the tight muscles when really what they need to do is Just stabilize ligament, right? yeah yeah so it's so great to have an option well, this is such an interesting thing sometimes where we'll have a symptom or have a, I'm using air quotes here, problem. And we mm-hmm. go, I'm going to fix the problem. Oh, your muscles are tight. Let's loosen up the muscles. Mm-hmm. Well, if the muscles are tight because underlying there's a deficiency, in this case, loose ligaments, mm-hmm. you're taking away a, comp- a functional compensation that right. is going to leave them open to other kinds of issues. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I just feel like that, well, it's just interesting that, you know, I've been made aware of these issues, but, and I've, you know, had some limited success helping patients 
But I feel like I can do a lot more targeted treatments for them now uh, and have a way to kind of gauge their improvement with, with these two after having had these two. Amy's class, I only got to sit in on part of it because I've been mostly running around here doing podcast stuff. Mm-hmm. But the thing to me that seemed fascinating about her work is that there's all these like weirdo symptoms that people will they'll write off or they'll just go, oh, it's ancillary, or people just forget about it. Right. Or they just stop complaining about it because n- no one's doing anything for me. Right. And, and yet it seems brought together as a whole and looked at through that lens of, here's an issue with the neurology. Mm-hmm. It really brings some things to light. Right, right. It's some things that, you know, we're familiar a little bit in Chinese medicine with having this constellation of symptoms that seem unrelated to other healthcare providers. So, you know, I think that that doesn't scare us off so much. We're looking for the bigger patterns. But, mm. um, and, and this is a whole new set of different unrelated patterns that we as acupuncturists might not have been so familiar with to put together. You know, one thing that she also talked about is vagus nerve stimulation and vagal tone. And that is uh, another topic that it just comes up over and over and over for autonomic dysfunction. And other teachers, you know, I've just went to another course with Tom Corbin on auriculotherapy. And he's very excited about vagus nerve regulation and, and um, therapy and it really feels that that's the future of holistic medicine. Mm-hmm. So well, that vagus nerve goes all over the place. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not the person really to to comment on vagus nerve because I'm. It's just learning. It's just mm-hmm. the tip of the tight the you're iceberg. Ju- yeah, you just getting clued into it. Um, so, but that is sort of what I am getting excited about is that okay, my next area. Okay, I really need to start learning more about that. You know, not only can it help people who have so many uh, problems that you know they're they're bouncing around to different doctors and no one can help them and and they're really uh, having some serious disabilities because of it and um, and here's something so simple and yet so helpful so I you know that's kind of pointing me in the direction I re- where I need to research next what sorts of courses they need to take next yeah. where our medicine is going it, it's great having a direction where you go, mm, I think there's something here. I can mine this out. There's, there, there's something in here that might be helpful. Mm-hmm. Well, Laura, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. And uh, anything else that you want to say to our listeners before we head back to the conference? I would say um, go to some symposia and connect with the other acupuncturists there and share ideas. That's where some real exciting things happen in the future, making those connections. So I'm here with another one of the participants. His name is George. And uh, George, what did, have you found to be helpful or interesting or something that you feel like you're going to be able to take and use with your patients? Well, I found Amy Mole's um, presentation yesterday to be um, quite motivating. Um, she gave a perspective on TBI in the sense that we can treat it, but in a lot of practices we're not evaluating thoroughly enough to to differentiate, distinguish, and sometimes we get stuck in the same pattern of treatment, and maybe we're missing a few things because we haven't reviewed our, our newer evaluations in a while. 
Um, she gave tidbits about how visual cues, um, visual evaluations will also benefit. And it can break it down to what part of the brain, which is very interesting to me, what part of the brain is involved, what was hurt, what may have happened in previous traumas. When you're looking at evaluating down to different parts of the brain, does that affect how you go about doing the treatment? It might. The, the focus of the presentation wasn't telling us this is how you have to treat. There wasn't a cookie-cutter approach. It was meant to step back a little bit and reevaluate how we've been treating and how we've been um, diagnosing. So, yeah, if, for, if for example, you had uh, trauma in, in, in the part of the brain that was near some acupuncture points, perhaps that can have a direct co correlation like in scalp acupuncture or in the homunculus where if you palpate or put needles in that area, it'll affect that area. And that could be related to gait, visual problems, anxiety, digestive um, conditions. So it potentially could change the treatment. So it sounds like, in many ways, it's helping to improve your diagnostics so you can start thinking about where do I want to focus my attention. Is that, is that the case? Definitely. That's my takeaway. Um, I'm thinking about reviewing a lot of the diagnostic methods that I've used um, and things that I had learned in the past that I no longer use. I'm going to use her notes as an outline to re-examine that and maybe start applying that more. Great. Well, thank you. I, it looks like things are about to restart, so let's head on back. I'm hanging out here for the moment with Michelle Vlahakis. <laughs> She's one of the organizers of this amazing event. It's Sunday morning. We're getting ready for the last day. And, uh, it, well, you've already been listening to a lot of what's been going on here, you listeners, if you've been keeping up with it. But I just wanted to check in with Michelle. See what she was thinking about how things are going here. I think things are going very smoothly. We've had a lot of positive feedback so far from all of our attendees, from our speakers, from our vendors. So I couldn't be happier with how things have played out this weekend. Um, what kinds of things are people saying? People are just excited to meet other acupuncturists who have a common thread of... of within sports acupuncture and they are impressed with the speakers and the knowledge that they bring to the field and the research that they've done within the field and they're excited to be a part of this opportunity with our, our group to further the profession. Hello everyone, Andrew Sturman here. I've been working with clients in Chinese medicine dietary therapy for over two decades in New York City. My focus is beautiful, simple, delicious, and health-supportive home cooking. Good meals can be inspired by the strategies of classic herbal formulas so that each meal is infused with medical intention from appetizer to dessert. This requires an understanding of the energetic properties of grains, vegetables, meats, fruits, and more, and knowing which foods are moistening, drying, building, clearing, warming or cooling, as well as their directionality. I've organized these teachings in my two-volume book series, Welcoming Food, where you can learn this theory, practice it in your own kitchen, and love doing so. See the positive reviews and incredible testimonials from practitioners and patients who've brought this material into their own kitchens. Welcoming Food Books 1 and 2 can easily be found online, and if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, where I'll be posting cooking tutorials, you can find me at Welcoming Food. Back to you, Michael. Thanks very much. Well, the four of you have put together an amazing event, and there's something about getting people together. I mean, beyond all the content, 
right, which is great. There's something about when people get together and they sort of rub elbows with each other. Connections get made, stories get told, people learn from each other. Are there any things in particular that you've heard from the participants in terms of connections or things that they've been learning from each other? Well, absolutely. I mean, I think the having the question and answer panels with Kai from the Golden State Warriors was an eye-opening opportunity. It was um, it was an impromptu opportunity, and I, I, I think all of the attendees were extremely grateful that he was able to get up there and, and speak and, about how he broke into the world of professional sports and how how he did it and what what things he did within his own practice to make that happen. Um, so to be able to rub elbows, if you will, with, with the likes of those types of acupuncturists, it's inspiring for a lot of our attendees here. And I, that is something they have said to me, that they are walking away from this conference feeling inspired, that they want to go learn more, that they want to go you know, reach out to sports teams and reach out to athletic trainers of collegiate staffs you know, to... to break into this world of sports and dive in and so it's it's really great and it makes me really happy that this conference has been has touched so many people well thanks for your efforts in making this happen and look forward to seeing you next year my pleasure look forward to seeing you too thanks hey vivian hey michael how are you doing great sunday morning so much has happened here it's been fantastic i'm kind of curious to know what are the big things that happen for you? Any kind of takeaways or insights or connections you've made while, while we've been here this weekend? Oh, yeah, lots of connections. Fabulous people here. Takeaways. Gosh, there were so many. Matt Callison is amazing. A lot of things I can use on Monday for sure. For example, what are you going to use on Monday? Well, if I have brave enough patience, I'd like to use that pulling tendon technique. That, that looks awesome. That one where you like lift the arch of the foot? In the arch of the foot. That's pretty crazy. Got a couple of uh, plantar patients that I could try that on. Yeah. I couldn't help but think of a couple of my patients with plantar fasciitis as well. Yeah, and summer's coming up and they don't want to be wearing their, their good shoes, so to speak. They want to run around in their flip-flops. Exactly, yeah. It'll be a good summer for that for that treatment. <laughs> <laughs> can hardly wait. Hey, what about that panel last night with the four speakers that were talking about how to you know, get your practice going with sports medicine? Any, any big insights for you from that one? I love listening to all of their experiences. I'm not going to change my practice. I'm not looking to change my practice to get into sports teams. And I think a lot of the panel yesterday was like, how do you get into the sports team? How can you become one of the, tra you know, one of the acupuncturists? And like, I would have liked to have seen more questions regarding their experiences in acupuncture rather than how to get into the sports team. You know, it, it is a big thing. A lot of folks are looking for that, exactly. uh, for that big sports team thing. And, 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 certain, and, and it's needed, right? We need people to do that. And then there's the rest of us that really like the kind of practice that we have, and we don't really want it to be any different than it is. Tell us a little bit about what your practice looks like. I have a general practice. I've been practicing for over 30 years. I treat whatever comes through the door. I know people hate hearing that, but I do a lot of women's health, a lot of orthopedic stuff, a lot of GI disturbance, yeah. and I'm content. Years ago, I would have thought about maybe going into the sports team, but. I would miss a lot of the other things. 
it's exciting to have a little bit of everything. And it's nice to know that you're content with the work that you do. Yeah. Last night after that panel, a couple of us got to talking. In fact, I've already got the episode up. But all of us have been practicing 20-ish years or more. And we were talking not about getting started with a practice, but what keeps you going in the middle and actually what motivates you as you get beyond the middle. So you've been practicing for 30 years. You've had a long arc to the trajectory of your work. What, and again, a lot of people are worried about getting through their first five years. And there's a lot of people that are speaking to that issue. But for those of us that have maybe been practicing for 15 or 20 or 25 years, any thoughts or ideas or suggestions that you would have for how to take your practice from the first 20 years into the second 20 years? Keep learning. Keep coming to seminars, conferences, talking to your colleagues. There's always something new. There's, there's always things that are exciting, the different ways of doing similar things. There's always ahas with um, coming to these conferences. You know, it's like you're never going to know it all. Yeah, you can always learn from other teachers and from your colleagues and just being around these fabulous people. That's what keeps me going. Tim, how's it going? Doing great. Yeah, having a great time at this, this seminar, this conference. It's really been a great one. So what kinds of things have you learned? or Is there anything here in particular that's really caught your attention or some things that you're going to take and use with your patients? Oh, I mean, there's definitely a lot of these different musculoskeletal issues. Looking at the sinews right now, I think, is a really hot topic, especially yesterday's discussion with um, Matt Collison. And, I mean, this whole idea with the Sun Jiao and the network of the fascia, working with the fascia now is like a really hot thing, too. So I thought that was really exciting. Pretty cool. Now, as I recall, you are like recently graduated from school or about to. Is that correct? Yeah. So I just graduated uh, from ACCCM here in San Francisco. Yeah. Congratulations. So I'm a little curious. The way that you were taught sinew channels in school, how is what you've learned here different from what you got in school? We kind of breezed over a little bit about the sinew channels. Yeah, and so the San Jiao was discussed, but then the connection between the fascia network wasn't, I don't think, really explored in a, in a deep level. And I think that's something that's really important when it comes to, you know, treating musculoskeletal issues, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting stuff that way. I, I was in uh, Anthony's class for a bit, and he was talking about how some of these sinew channels, even though we were initially told that they're they're quite superficial. Some of them dive very, very deep into the body. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, it's, it seems like it's just one big web of an organ that's just surrounding the entire body, you know, and it's just like something that I feel like we need to explore a little bit more and dive into and just... Well, there it is, the San Jiao, the organ that has a function but no form. Exactly. Hannah, Natasia, have you guys been having a good time here? Yeah, it's been amazing so far. Yeah, super great experience. So glad we ended up coming. What is it that you've gotten from this that's, like, blown your mind? That's a loaded question. <laughs> Everything has just been super different than what I feel like I have been learning in school. And I think just seeing everything clinically in this throughout this whole weekend has been really mind-blowing to me, I feel like. What are your thoughts? Hang on a second. I want to I get into okay. this just a little bit. So mind blown. 
I, I mean, I get it. Sometimes you hear things and it's like, oh my God, everything's having to reconfigure. Can you give us just one or two things that like come right to top of mind and you go, oh my God, this changes everything? Yeah, well, what Anthony was talking about on Friday about the prolo acupuncture and just being able to directly affect people's ligaments, that was something I had no idea acupuncture could really do. And so to be able to have that demonstrated on myself and actually feel an immediate result was like, wow, this is something I never thought of that acupuncture can do and it can. So being able to take those experiences home with me and back to class and to clinic is going to be really helpful, I think. So you were one of the models. Yes, I was. What happened? Um, well, he did something into my ankle, some of the ligaments on the lateral side, and I have had history of a lot of ankle sprains and a fractured ankle and just, you know, a lot of clunking and some pain when I run and things like that. And, and he got in there with a needle and he just sort of manipulated it all around. And immediately as I stood up, I felt just different. I couldn't really pinpoint why I was different, but I just felt less collapsed in my ankle and sometimes people have problems that aren't so detrimental that it's like wow I'm like on the ground I can't walk at all but this was something that was just a really small change that I'm still feeling the effects the next day and the day after and I feel my posture is better and my ankle just feels much more supportive than I really thought it was before so that was really cool to experience and yeah and to be able to not just watch it but have it the actual needling and experience of, of getting the treatment, what did that feel like? How was that different from, let's just say, your common yard dog everyday acupuncture? Yeah, I thought it was much different. It was a different sensation. You know, I'm usually trying to feel for like that dull, like achy sensation. But this was more like a fanning sensation really all around the joint. And that's not really something I've ever felt before. It's usually just like really deep. And this was more just like fanning all around and sometimes a little sharp but nothing that was like too sharp that it was of concern um, so just a, a very much different sensation than a regular acupuncture treatment I think that's great thank thanks for sharing that with us and uh, good luck with the rest of your school thank you yeah Natasia what about you anything in particular come to mind that has you going back to school tomorrow and, and thinking a little bit differently yeah I, I really agree with Shanna too with you know, we're really kind of deep in the theory right now of acupuncture and how to diagnose and how to use all these different points. And so I definitely think it surprised me being here in the sports world. It seems like they're using a little bit less traditional theory and diagnosis, less pulse and tongue. I mean, also using just less needles, right? Like in clinic, we're having this very complex treatment all across the body for even just something like low back pain is what I've seen in our clinic. And here, someone like Whitfield is just using one or two or six at the most we saw today needles to make a drastic change and even just a few treatments. So I think that's really interesting too, that you can just insert one needle, like what Shanna had on her ankle and have such profound effects instead of having a full treat, you know, full body treatment. Two basic misconceptions stand in the way of people feeling comfortable using Chinese herbal medicine, even as they are feeling more positive about acupuncture. They are concerned about safety as herbal medicine is an unregulated industry and feel herbs are not effective to treat most conditions. Blue Poppy is committed to meeting all FDA safety regulations. All of their herbal products contain minimal or no filler 
to maximize potency and efficiency. Their granules are carefully manufactured in GMP-certified facilities, and every batch is tested multiple times for pesticides, heavy metals, and microbial content at the manufacturer and by SGS Laboratory, a Swiss certification and inspection company. For over 20 years, Blue Poppy has made quality and safety manufacturing standards their biggest priority, resulting in exceptionally effective herbal formulas. Their years of experience provide you with the best possible herbs so your patients have the best possible outcomes. With free shipping and free dropship service on orders over $50, Blue Poppy should be your favorite place to shop for herbs. Use the code CHI2024 to receive 10% off Blue Poppy products on your next order. Yeah, sometimes we hear that less is more, and, and, and we've yeah. certainly seen examples of that. And right, I don't think I've seen anyone do a tongue or a pulse while we've been here. And yet, we've seen some amazing things happen, right? Yeah, we were really surprised. I think it was yesterday, Matt Callison asked, you know, he was taking someone's pulse, and he asked, wanted somebody to come up to feel what he was feeling pre-treatment and post. And so he asked who practices pulse diagnosis, and... I'm not sure exactly how many people are here, but probably about 100, and I think maybe three or four people raised their hands. So we were shocked by that because, you know, it's like instilled in us that pulse and tongue is how we're going to be able to decide how to treat a patient. So it seems like that's, you know, there are different variations on how to successfully treat a patient. Of course. Well, and consider, too, maybe people don't want to get up and show off their pulse skills. Right. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck with the rest of your school and uh, maybe see you at this uh, next sports medicine conference, huh? Yeah, great. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thank you. And what podcast should your friends be listening to? Oh, Geological. Geological, for sure. For sure. Go check it out. <laughs> hey, Seth, how's it going? Good, good. Oh, it's been a long day and long weekend, but everything's been going well. Yeah, it was really fun. I know we were hanging out at the bar the other night and yep. and uh, great conversations. As I recall, you either are in the school or yep. just graduated. Yep, I'm still in school. I graduate in August. So. so it's coming right up. And tell us what you're thinking about doing after you get out of school. And has this conference shifted your thinking about what you'll be up to? So my goals after school is to, first, got to pass boards. But so those are coming up. But other than that, I plan to stay in like the Minneapolis area and hopefully get on with someone who does a little bit of sports medicine. My goal is to work with like high schools, though, and volunteer sidelines, just get my name out there, get more rapport. And what this has taught me is that it all comes with experience and it all takes time. That has to humble me because I'm one of those people that's just driven and want to get out there and get everything going. So what this has really taught me in talking with other professionals is that you're not going to go out and make a ton of money, help a ton of people like your first years out. So what I really need to do is just focus on the craft at hand and just get really good at what I'm doing. You may get lucky and hopefully that's where it'll lead me is to getting lucky and being able to do the things that I want to do eventually. But it's going to take time, and that's kind of what I learned here. So, It, it does take a bit of persistence. Yeah. And, uh, y you know, I found that sometimes good luck follows hard work and preparation. Mm -hmm. So you never know when you actually might end up seeing a lot of people yeah. or things come to you. Yeah. I'm wondering, is there anything here that's different than what you've gotten in your schooling and now you're thinking, oh, man, I, I can go back into clinic and do something different now. 
Yes, there's many things that I've learned here that I don't get in school, like muscle testing, orthopedic testing. We don't get any of that stuff. With Anthony, he taught us joint stabilization. We don't do any of that at school. And then kind of with Whitfield and um, Matt Callison. Matt Callison's more of a deep needler. We don't do that, and that's what he kind of said yesterday is we go towards shallow needling, not wanting to give patients pain or irritation or just bugging them. In Whitfield, he's old school, so he's more towards just finding that point and, and making the perfect point. And so that's kind of what I've learned from Matt is, oh, I'm going to go out and do different things, figure out what works, but see if something else works. And with Wit, it's something works, just stick with that, perfect that. And that's what we don't get at school is we don't work these motor points, we don't work the... Um, any other points besides that so the trigger points we don't do any of that kind of stuff so that's kind of what I've learned here is being able to work with athletes being able to work with just your average everyday athlete and just or average everyday pains and being able to do muscle tests see where they're weak and reestablish that connection neurologically right sometimes you can see the effects of what you're doing very very quickly when you first test yeah. treat and then go back and test again yeah yeah, great. All right. Well, Seth, thanks for taking a few minutes to be on Geological, and good luck with your studies and uh, new career. No problem. Thank you for having me and letting me do this. I appreciate it. Hey, Cece, it's good to see you again. That was fun hanging out at the bar the other night. Of course. It's great meeting you at this conference. I love getting to know many people that I haven't met before. Yeah, I think it's one of the fun things about conferences. You meet new people, you learn new things. I'm curious to know about something that you've learned here at the conference, and especially if you've learned something not necessarily from one of the speakers, but from one of the participants. Is there anything that you've picked up from our colleagues? I think that because we're all here under a large umbrella of like, okay, we want to really delve into this specialty of orthopedics or sports or sports medicine, everyone has like their own unique story, and you really you know, get to see what drives them, what's passionate, which really kind of forced me to kind of reflect on what my own background is and what and why I want to do this. And so I think we talked about this yesterday where I thought I was going to go into medical school at one point, right? And then I got exposed to acupuncture and this whole other perspective. And then just really just looking back on my roots and then it followed me to going to acupuncture school, revisiting my roots in competitive swimming and exercise science and sports medicine, my passion for it. And now I'm even more excited about it now because I reinforced what drives me, my passion, what my values are. I remember talking with you the other night. There's a lot of people here that are really looking to break into the big sports thing. They want to work for like a major baseball team or football team or something like that. You seem to have some different ideas, as I recall. Once again, just kind of going back to my roots, I was like, hey, like I haven't reached out to my childhood club swim team. Why not just go introduce myself to the new coach and kind of just see where he's at? And we, we met once. We kind of talked about like what I can offer, like you know, recovery from injuries, uh, maybe some you know, sports performance in the pool for the athletes. And it didn't really happen. Like, nothing really happened, but there weren't a lot of swimmers being sent to me for, like, a few months. 
And then all of a sudden he sends one person over because they have, you know, a common shoulder injury. And then we treated them, they got better. And then the referrals amongst the, the teammates started coming in. So it's all about planting that seed, being persistent about it and following through. Yeah, and there's so many levels. I mean, if, if sports is your thing and you love sports, you can work at everything from like what you're talking about, club sports or high school or college, you know, all the way up to the big leagues. Mm -hmm. And there's room all along that line, it seems. Right, and you know, if you, if you find a young athlete, you know, even if they're like seven or eight, and you can follow them through their entire career, and they're going to remember you, that you're, you are a vital part of their team to get them to that collegiate level, to that pro level, to that Olympic level, and beyond. So we can start making acupuncture as part of routine as getting nutrition, going to see a nutritionist, having a strength coach, having a physical therapist, like it's, it's the norm for them. And then they'll, they'll get to college and they'll be like, oh, why isn't there acupuncturist here? Like, where's my acupuncturist? Where's my acupuncturist? That, that's vital to me. And then if there's a demand for it, then if you ask, they will come, right? All right, friends, there you go. You know, as great as the online courses are and it's so convenient and it can be so helpful, not to mention save a lot of money, there's nothing like coming to an event, regardless of the event, any event that's interesting to you, rubbing shoulders with your colleagues, finding out what other practitioners are doing in their practices, as well as learning from the luminaries that come to teach us. There's really nothing quite like it. So I hope you found this to be useful, getting to hear a little bit about how the folks here at the conference have been learning both from the speakers and more importantly from each other. Okay, that's it for this episode. I hope you found this discussion to be as helpful and interesting as I have. Thanks as always for listening. If you liked this conversation, if you learned something new or found a moment of inspired insight, share the episode with your friends. If you want to support Geological, there's just one way to do that. It's by going to the website and becoming a member or leaving a one-time contribution today. Well, folks, that's it for today. Join us again next Tuesday for another conversation that connects up the voices of our community.